You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Well, I learned to... It's, it's, it is really an illusion <laughs> because, uh, you know, uh, be, uh, like, uh, like when uh, we did Nothing Face and we had the Astronomy Domine uh, on a lot of airplay, did a tour with Faith No More in Soundgarden, then a tour with Rush, and I thought, yeah, we made it. And then Angerat came out, it didn't sell at all. And then, uh, and then we had to start over again. But it's really what I learned. You, 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 like, you really an album it doesn't sell you write a new one we try to make it better and uh, so uh, so we and then we uh, we went back to the indie style with Eric Forrest as a trio and then with Jason Newsted uh, jumping in the band in the early 2000 the spotlight was on us again because he was also playing with Ozzy and we were opening for Ozzy so it's another period where I thought we made it you know but then unfortunately uh, Piggy passed away and then um, took a break it really took um, Heavy Montreal in 2008 before yeah because for like three years, uh, Jason, Snake, and I were on a mission to finish uh, uh, Infini and uh, 14, the uh, two albums we had started before Piggy's departure. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound, Talent, Media, and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. Hope you had a killer week. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's pre- Premier metal promoter. If you are ever in Montreal and you are looking for a great metal show to go to, well, trust me, Heavy Montreal will have you covered. They put on a bunch of killer shows all year long. Uh, they are simply the best. Goddamn stoked to have them behind the podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just loves extreme music, that just loves craft beer, well, you should absolutely let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. If you were to encourage one of your craft beer-loving metalhead friends to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today's episode is a very special one. It was recorded at the five-year anniversary party at Mutaid back on October 21st here in Montreal. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 433 with Michel Away Langevin of Voivod. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. So what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for being here. Uh, long time coming. I've been planning this night, uh, thinking about this. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Matt McGacky. I am the vocalist of Cryptopsy, the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Uh, five years ago, I started a podcast just to keep me busy because all my band members in Cryptopsy were really busy and I knew that I would be getting jealous of all of their amazing projects that they had going on. So I started a podcast and here I am, five years later, celebrating the five years with people that I met on the internet from across the globe. There's people from Mexico City. There's people from Texas. We got people from New Jersey, Ontario that flew here, drove here to be a part of it. People from Montreal as well. Of course, I appreciate you all. Um, I am with an iconic guest tonight. I am with Michel Langevin, also known as Away from Voivod. 
I've always wanted to have you on the podcast. So when I was setting up the five-year anniversary party, we are at Mutaid, by the way, recording this live with a live audience. Make some noise. I totally always wanted to have you guys because there would be no Quebec metal. There'd be no metal, hypothetically, without your contribution to the scene with all of that grand introduction. Michel, how are you doing? I'm great, actually. Uh, back home after a long, long 40th anniversary tour. Hell yeah. So, yeah. so I'm yeah, pretty relaxed right now, but um, it doesn't mean that we, uh, we're not working on something. We're writing a new album right now. Fuck so. yes. And the last show for the 40th anniversary tour is uh, December 16th at Place Belle with Meshuga. Just, just, just a little nice show to wrap it up at Place Belle. I like yes, that. Yes, yes, No better way to end it. Uh, Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music while sharing killer craft beers. Uh, before us right now, for the people at home that didn't make it out uh, and cannot see what we got here, there are five beers in front of us, tasters, and they are all part of the Metal Injection Presents Vox and Hops Pit Culture Project, which I've been doing throughout the whole year. Uh, it's about to wrap up. I've released 28 beers across the globe this year as a part of this project. Every beer uh, depicts and describes a different move that happens in a mosh pit. What really happens in a mosh pit? Uh, I feel like a lot of people think that mosh pits are violent and dangerous, but you know, and I know, that it's actually a place full of love, really. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, you know... I was, uh, <laughs> I was there in the mid-80s, and... Uh, <laughs> And I was in the middle of a mosh pit one side, and uh, it can be pretty hectic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it, it, uh, it's pretty peaceful in a way. It's true. It's like uh, um, uh, order in chaos, and uh, which is exactly the name of one of the uh, beers yeah, that I we're about that, to yeah. drink. <laughs> However, we are going to start with a different beer. We're going to kick it off with Kanawaki Brewings and Mutaids Fighting Giants. This is an India Pale Kolsch. It comes in at five point eight percent. Give me a cheers. And let's take a sip. Hell yeah. It's crisp yet it's hoppy. It's it's smooth. I fucking love it. It's goddamn tasty. I don't know about beer, but I just know it's really good. It's really good. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> Continuing with the honesty um, train here, take me back to your very first beer. Do you remember the very first beer that you drank? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was not a beer actually. Uh, I thought it was a beer, and um, I had my fake ID and everything, and I bought it. I think it was called Porter, but it's something you have to mix with a beer. To oh, it. shit. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's just like, uh, I don't know what it is. It's just really thick, and it, it didn't taste good at all. And I learned years later that you're not supposed to drink it like that. You're just supposed to mix it with a beer. Interesting. Yeah. See, that's, that's, this, I, I'm not aware of this, and I'm going to yeah. have to do more research it was about this. It was 70s. It was called Porter. God damn it. It was, they wanted to make you work. Maybe it was a way to make beers into stouts, but back then by just adding something thick and dark. I, uh, it was recommended by a friend of me, and it was a prank. You know, oh, like. not a good friend. <laughs> it's, not my, it's not my friend anymore. <laughs> well, I don't think so. Um, before we sat down here, and you mentioned just a moment ago that you're not the biggest craft beer enthusiast. Uh, Chewy. Chewy in the band. Chewy uh, is, beer, yeah, yes, yeah. because he uh, works a bit with Hoffman 
Stark too, and he totally made a Voivod beer, which was super interesting. Yeah, we had a couple, and also uh, we had one at uh, Decibel Metal Fest. Oh, uh, fucking yeah, yes, yeah. you did, yeah. Um, um, memory failure, <laughs> it was called, yeah. I, I do enjoy the, the, the most recent one that he made, um, Lost Machine. Yes, that, Lost that Machine. That friend put together for you guys, where it's called a, a Stein beer. And a Stein beer, for people that don't know, they, they heat up these rocks on a fire, and then they pick up these rocks, and then they put it into the wort as it's boiling, and they let this rock do some iodizing effects, and all the beer nerds here are going to tell me I'm wrong with my description, but that's the yeah, closest it's, thing it's, that I understand about what happened uh, to this beer. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, and actually based on uh, the concept of the, uh, the song Lost Machine on a, and uh, where a kid uh, has a rock and it can throw it into a machine to stop uh, a satellite. Uh, it's a sci-fi story. The concept <laughs> goes full circle into the music, into the beer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. fucking love that. Talk to me about the soundtrack of your youth. This is a classic Vox and Hops question. I ask every guest this question. There's a reason why I ask it. I'd love to hear about the music that was playing in your house before you were in control of the radio. What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Oh, um, actually, um, my father was into the Rolling Stone, which is pretty cool. I, I was arguing a lot with him because I was into the Beatles, but ah. he had like... He had, um, <laughs> And uh, my mother was more into the um, Joe Dassin, Dalida, uh, yes, and uh, and uh, but I, which uh, I still like when I hear it, and um, uh, Abba. Yes, and, uh, of yeah, course. Yeah, a lot of, yes, and yeah, and uh, but she had the most amazing vinyl uh, that I still have, and nice. it's um, Vangelis, yeah. uh, L'Apocalypse des Animaux, and uh, it's really really cool uh, soundtrack for um, an environmental movie from the 70s, and uh, I still have uh, her vinyl. That's super Souvenir. sick. Yeah. That's the, mo the one I like the most. Uh, I actually ended up playing it myself. Uh, really? I, later yeah. on? Yeah. I love that. That's full circle and honoring where you came from to the truest form. And uh, I had the, the, my father's single, Honky Tonk Woman, yeah. an original. Yeah. I, don't, I would be very rich now <laughs> if I still have it. <laughs> uh, sometimes we don't know. You never know. What, what was it about the Beatles that, that, that entranced you so much what was it about them versus the stones that that encaptured yeah, well, you so much i saw a couple of movies uh, help and uh, hard day's night and uh, there were some there was some uh, beatles footage where i could see uh, ringo uh, banging really hard on the drums and uh, the the drums were, um, was moving and a lot, lot of energy so um, but it's a coincidence that um, i um, i was walking in the street when i was really young and there's a new kid in the street uh, playing a guitar on the sidewalk and he was uh, playing Beatles songs and um, so uh, but he was singing in fake English you know yes. and, uh, and uh, <laughs> but he knew all the chords and I, but he was like my age like nine or something wow. and I asked him like how do you how, how, where did you learn that and he explained to me that he was in a band with his uh, brothers and uh, his father, and they were called the Teddy Boys. And it was like a partridge family thing. That's so and cool. So I went to his home, and uh, there was a lot of gear everywhere. And I immediately went for the drum. Uh, ah, the, nice. Uh, the, uh, I, I, the, uh, the cymbals looked like flying saucers. <laughs> I loved it, you know. And but the problem was his uh, older brother had uh, hidden the, the drumsticks because <laughs> he's smart. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we found is a pool pool cues yeah. and we chopped them. <laughs> Where there is a will, there is a way, people. He was furious. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, my uh, first experience. You know, I uh, playing on a real drum kit uh, with pool cues uh, on Beatles songs. Yeah. So I but I still my favorite band. Uh, but soon, you know, soon I switched to uh, a couple of years after I asked for Kiss Alive One when it came yeah. out for Christmas and uh, I got it and uh, everybody was like put it on put it on so I put it on and they're like take it off take it off <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah my new favorite band because it's just too much and it just went you know my um, sister's uh, new boyfriend showed up with eight track tapes in his muscle car of uh, Led Zeppelin 2 uh, Uriah Heep uh, Demons ah, and Wizards yeah. uh, the other one was uh, Deeper Pole in Rock and uh, that's wow. where I learned I had a lot to learn drum-wise, you know, and uh, so it, it went like that, you know. The steps, that's all we got to do as musicians, for sure. Take me back to that first Beatles jam. Uh, how perf Like, some people just got it. Some people just have the rhythm. Some people just know how to play an instrument. Yeah. There's like an innate thing that just some people are born with. Was that you? That first jam, did you, did you understand the instrument enough to perform some songs with this prolific nine-year-old guitarist? Well, first... Um, I was playing a lot on my pillows. <laughs> okay, before the drum set. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, the, what I was, and I was trying to uh, figure out the beats, and I destroyed all the pillows and everything. <laughs> and um, uh, and the Beatles songs, um, I got them the first time around, but the honky tonk woman song mm. from the Rolling Stones, uh, I was just going ta 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 like I, I had no idea. And then I was trying. Some some Elvis uh, songs, and that's even harder because it's the motorhead beat, you know. Uh, but all of this came really handy later when uh, uh, time f uh, came for me to uh, learn like ECDC, I knew the Beatles beat, uh, Motorhead, I knew the Elvis beat, and so on. It's just an extension. You're just like putting tools into your toolbox yeah. that you can pull out and then expand upon. Yeah, and uh, also uh, up north in the high school, I was reading a lot eventually uh, while listening to prog rock and hard rock and all that. I was hearing a lot about the new punk movement in a rock and folk magazine. And um, I couldn't wait until I could get a hold of the pistols, stranglers, the damned. And when I finally got these vinyls, I uh, moved in more into um, a tribal style. You know, yeah. A lot of toms uh, happening. The toms were unlocked. Yeah. But the real spark for me was when I walked into a store and I saw the first Iron Maiden album. And then I immediately grabbed it before anybody, anyone could. <laughs> and I, it was already my favorite band, just watching the cover, you know. And when I uh, put it on at home, um, it was exactly the type of music I wanted to hear. And, music uh, that you didn't know existed. No, and it was like punk, metal, goth, uh, prog, uh, one package, you know. And that's really where I decided that I was going to try to be a heavy metal drummer. Yeah, I think that's fucking awesome. We're switching up beers. We're moving to La Patsky's Ordering Chaos, as you mentioned before. Uh, this one is a, is a hoppy lager. 4.8%. Cheers. Cheers! Now, this is a crusher. This is smooth as hell. The hops are subtle. 
Yeah. A little, nice little bitter bite of the uh, the pillow, the, the 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 lager aspect of it. Fucking love that. It's uh, uh, it's it's not too strong. So that's the type of, of beer I like to have on stage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, yes. And, uh, so I always like a, a light blonde or something. And um, once in Belgium. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> uh, it ends with snake breaking two ribs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but they had like 18 percent beers or yes, something. Yes, they do. <laughs> and uh, while on stage, uh, halfway through the show, I was like, "What's going on here?" Oh, it's a nine percent. Oh it's a nine percent triple. Yeah. <laughs> Typically in Belgium, whenever we go there, they give us these cases of Les Chimay. And I don't know if it's for your experience with Voivod, but with Cryptopsy, very typically, we tend to go to London after Belgium. And you got to go across the border to take the ferry and flow every day when we go. But tomorrow, we're crossing the border. You guys need to behave yourselves so that we have a nice border crossing. And then historically, we don't listen. But. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean... You know, a snake is not here, so I can talk about him. <laughs> a couple of times, I was like, hey, tomorrow it's LA, everyone is there. <laughs> exactly. And then in the afternoon, he's on his back and backstage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> coffee, coffee and a nap, stat. Uh, take me to your first shows. Do you remember the very first music that you went to go watch? The, oh, yeah. It was, um, uh, well, first, uh, it was. Uh, in the 70s, I went to see um, Jethro Tull uh, with uh, with uh, the band UK uh, at the Quebec Coliseum. Yeah, and uh, it was really amazing because uh, Terry Bozio was on drums with UK. Wow. And, um, it's the first time I saw a prog rock drummer um, uh, rocking. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a great, great experience. Except that I hitchhiked to the show. And I was a teenager, and after the show, I realized I had no lift to, oh. go, to go back across the park home, you know? Yeah. It was a long way home. Uh, so I saw a, a bus from the Cégep de Jonquière, a yeah. school bus, and I jumped on it, and I sat <laughs> down, and suddenly there's a one place missing in the bus. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> and somebody is like, there's a spy in the bus. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> I was lucky because the driver let me sit uh, on the front oh, uh, cool. in the stairway, which was totally illegal, you know? Yes, of course. So when I went back across the park uh, to my uh, parents' place uh, safely. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> well uh, cheers, yeah. cheers to that bus driver for breaking the law <laughs> and letting you get home after a cool musical experience. Amazing show. That's so cool. Do you remember your first time on stage? Um, first time on stage? There's probably no stage. It typically is that. I have <laughs> my first... <laughs> well, it's um, again. Uh, it's my first experience on stage. Was I was uh, starting on drums, and I was about. 14 or uh, and uh, some guy showed up at, at my parents' place. He's like, "Oh, my drummer is drunk on the sofa. We have a <laughs> wedding. Can you do it?" No way. And, yeah, and he's like, "Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. We don't play that stuff. We play Beatles, Elvis." Like, All right, oh, good. I'm totally good and in then, the uh, pocket. So uh, we go way off in the woods in the Peribonka, and um, then the first no rehearsal, nothing. And uh, so the guy turns around, he's like, cha-cha. 
<laughs> and then I have no idea how to play cha cha. <laughs> so I'm playing like. <laughs> and then he, after that, he turns around, he's like, rumba. <laughs> Samba. <laughs> so it's all It was very strange. Wow. Yeah. And then finally, uh, they play one Elvis medley, and I was uh, so happy. You crushed and, it. And the first drum roll, at this point, the singer guy was really drunk. And uh, the first drum roll, <laughs> the first drum roll is stopped. He turns around, he's like, whoa, whoa, Le Jeune, whoa. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, yeah. First too gig, much, too much. First Over gig, the top. A wedding in Peribonka around 77, 78-ish. Yeah. It's amazing. But after that, you have to go to uh, the Voivode uh, uh, first shows in uh, 83. It's so yeah. sick. I, I was... Conceived and born in 83, so we had a good year in 83. <laughs> I fucking love that. Uh, something that I love about you that is just so iconic and interesting is that you're more than a drummer, you're also a prolific artist. Talk to me about that. Take me back to discovering art and, and learning that you can draw and doodling. Uh, how early did that begin? Yeah, oh, it was very young. I, um, I don't know if you remember the cartoon character called Atom Ant. Uh, it sounds very, very familiar. Very, yeah. very old. Uh, Atomic Ant. Okay. And uh, it was my uh, first hero. Awesome. Uh, and uh, so I uh, went to my uh, cousin's place with my parents for Christmas. And uh, my cousin, um, he had drowned. Uh, atom ant and uh, I put it on the wall and I asked him can you give it to me? He said well, no but I can show you how to draw and I never stopped after and um, uh, eventually like the cover of Negatron is a uh, homage to uh, to that uh, atom ant character. That's so cool. yeah. what, what was it about drawing that, that, just, that just captivated you? What was it about like seeing something on that wall and then you wanting it and then being able to do it yourself? What, what, what was that, the need um, there? When I realized that I could do it, I was really, really happy. And uh, so I just, you know, um, I, I, everything I saw on TV, Ultraman, or, you know, um, I, I, I like to after, I like to draw what I saw on TV, and I never stopped, but it's... It's in the mid-70s I discovered uh, the magazine Metal Hurlant, became heavy metal magazine. It's, uh, it's where I... Uh I decided I wanted to uh, be a um, comic book artist. And it's also where I created the Voivod concept. Uh, but uh, first, it was based on um, uh, Lord of the Rings uh, and uh, Dracula, the book Dracula. And then, but slowly, uh, with the Cold War and uh, anarchist punk bands, it turned into a post-apocalyptic uh, concept. And there were also... Uh, a couple of movies, uh, like, um, I think one is called If You Love This Planet. It's a great documentary, National, National Film, Film Board, about nuclear stockpiles. And um, uh, so this was very influential. There was a, a made-for-TV movie called The Day After, um, after a nuclear bomb. And, uh, yeah. and uh, so uh, by the time uh, Snake joined the band in January 83, uh, the concept was pretty much a post-nuclear vampire. <laughs> yeah. Sort of oriented, you know. Mm. How similar, and are there any similarities between being an artist 
that a visual artist and an artist that builds drum beats and builds everything out. Those, is that like two separate identities within yourself, or is there a crossover there? For me, it's really hard to tell because I always um, my drawings were influenced by Voivod music and vice versa. Everything was intertwined: the lyrics, the music, the art. So it's all really connected. Um, the process is probably the same uh, in terms of uh, if I have to find a drum beat, um, I will usually go like my technique is okay. Uh, my first idea would be to play that. I'll play the opposite. <laughs> and uh, when I do yeah. the drawing, I, I, I always think, okay, the first thing in mind would, you know, it would be to draw something there, but I'll do something totally, totally uh, different. So I try to explore a lot, um, and like uh, like pushing your own first intuition. Your first intuition is something that you take and say, "How can I make this better?" Even before you put your pen on paper, drums um, on the on, and the, on the skins. Uh, less cliche, less obvious, uh, wow. more um, weirder. Yeah, <laughs> which is why you have such an identity, both both visually and as a drum player. The, I tried to find my signature right exactly. away, but uh, that takes are, time. Yeah, there are yeah there are a couple of artists I really copied, mm. uh, mainly the heavy metal magazine artists like Philippe Drouillet, Bilal, uh, Moebius. Uh, these are the people that I learned from, and then I saw the movie Alien, and then my art changed, uh, and also uh, Eraserhead by David Lynch, uh, The Wall by Pink Floyd. You know, so every time I would see a movie like that, uh, an artsy movie, my art kind of change, but it also changed with the music because I always uh, drew uh, while listening to music. So when I discovered, That's super yeah. Sick, yeah. So when I discovered industrial music in the 80s, my art changed as well, and so on and so on. But for a while in the 70s, I was copying the prog rock uh, covers like uh, Yes and crowd uh, rock like Klaus Schulz or uh, Tangerine Dream, you know. I, so I, I think the, the 70s, the, into the, all that prog, the, the, the attention to detail that they put into the cover art mm. yeah. was really, really inspiring. I'm sure glad that uh, we uh, lately went back to the vinyl. Uh, exactly. Format. So it's yeah. like a because bigger of that. piece yeah. of art. Yeah, so I can make scenery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is very interesting that you picked up that Iron Maiden. You saw it. You knew that you were going to love it. Um, Eddie was there, you know. So, so having like an emblem, a band, having a concept, having an identity crafted even before you guys started putting music together. How important that was that for you? So that the band actually had a concept that could be a lyrical identity, a visual identity. A lot of bands only stumble into that much later into their career, but you guys started way before that. Well, we, we did play um, a few covers there and there when we, we started, yeah. Uh, Judas Priest, Venom, uh, Motorhead, uh, Tank, uh, mainly a new wave of British heavy metal. Uh, but soon enough, we started writing music um, of our own. Um, and um, the prog rock element was still there. The punk rock element was still there, but it was definitely uh, heavy metal oriented, you know. And uh, But... It's it's hard to tell. Like uh, when um, when I uh, asked Snake at school uh, at college to uh, if he wanted to sing with us, he said I don't know how to sing, but I want to try. And I told him to uh, learn um, the Ripper. 
And he, uh, at the audition, he, he, he sang it like Johnny Rotten from Pistols, you know? And I thought it was amazing right away. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we sort of have, had a style immediately yeah. without knowing. Uh, we didn't know that obscure prog rock was not very popular outside of the province of Quebec, you know? <laughs> that is true, though, because it was massive in Quebec. We're going to hit that in a few... I have a, a question about that later, but... Well, you know, like when Snake joined in January 83, we were looking for a name, and I mentioned Voiva. They're like, how do you spell it, of course? And then um, uh, I, uh, they, were, they were curious immediately, and I explained that it was a concept that I had created for the comic books uh, I had in mind, and but... We we ended up developing the concept all through the 80s, uh, over five albums. It's it was insane. a really yeah. amazing experience. Yeah, I think it's very, very, very cool. I like to play with concepts myself, but to have like a whole dimension, basically a whole world that you can just play with and, and imagine these characters. And yeah, it's like it's really influenced by what was going on back then, like Absolutely. the Star Wars project from uh, Regan, um, Chernobyl accident, uh, Challenger explosions. It's all. In it's all in there, Interesting. but it's yeah. in the sci-fi folk tales Absolutely. type of thing. Yeah, and uh, so I was lucky that the guys wanted to uh, to do that, and I sat down with Snake, and I'm really space-oriented, and it's more street-oriented, and we connected like the the dots, like, uh, and it turned into this trash metal stories, really. Yeah. I think it's fucking awesome. Is there ever a moment that you came to a point where you hit like writer's block, and the band was more advanced? and your concept was not caught up, or the art aspect of it as well, where you are not sure how to visually represent this album, and it's sort of this obstacle that you get ac had to get across. The, um, the wall we hit at one point was after Nothing Face. Uh, when we were writing Angel Rat and Snake didn't want to deal with the concept anymore. Interesting. And he wanted to talk about other things. And Interesting. So um, it's really where I, we put it aside okay. and brought it back. How, how hard was that for you to accept? Oh, we had a meeting where I was asked to put less double kick drums and less conceptual uh, stories and and I didn't take it really uh, personally. No, I, okay. knew that, I knew that um, MC wanted the band to succeed because they were investing a lot of money. I went for the, I went I went along for the ride, but uh, when um, Angerat came out, um, everybody's eyes were turned on Seattle. You know, it's the same year as Smells Like Teen Spirit and all that. So uh, it sort of went under the radar, and now people love it. That's what happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're switching gears. I'm moving to another beer. This is Le Fermentals. It's their Toxic Waltz. Uh, when I wrote Petrick, um, one of the main dudes behind Le Fermentau, he sings for Reanimator, um, to be a part of this project, he immediately wrote back Toxic Waltz. So, so he picked that name early on. This is a, a West Coast IPA. It's uh, 6%, so it's going to be, there'll be a bit more bitter bite is my anticipation. Um, something that I get asked all the time, and I know you do too, and I would like to know your answer because you are a part of my answer. And I know, I imagine you know where I'm going with this is the Quebec metal scene. Why and how? What is your answer? I have my answer. My answer I, I build from interviewing so many people. 
and asking them this question, but I got the most concrete answer from Félix B. de Fossé, who wrote the, the Encyclopedia of the History of Metal in, in, in Quebec, and his answer was extremely clear and made a lot of sense to me, so I've sort of like stole it, but always credit him. What is your explanation as to why Quebec has so many prolific, amazing, extreme bands that succeeded globally? Oh, man. Uh, I do, you know, I cross paths with uh, tons of uh, Quebec bands uh, at festivals, and they're really, they have a great reputation for being really technical, and um, I don't know where it comes from. Uh, on my end, you know, um, it's, I was lucky that uh, bands like uh, Anvil and Exciter yeah. uh, cr- uh, made it to Jean when I yeah. yeah, They usually play two sets a night for the whole week, and we'd be like on the front uh, watching them the That's whole week. That's so cool. It was before Voivod. Yeah. Uh, but we played with Anvil uh, at Walken, and um, Lips remembers us sitting on the front uh, He's, he's, he's super cool, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, cool guy. And but uh, Rush uh, pr- uh, was a, a great influence for Voivod, but uh, you know, like uh, if it was not for uh, our friends uh, Wayne Archibald, we I don't think we would have known about uh, that new wave of British heavy metal uh, on time, you know. And um, so because uh, he was a tape trader, and uh, so um, um, we sort of. Opened the doors uh, very early, and uh, soon enough there was like aggression, damnation, and uh, dead brain cells, and uh, a lot of. uh, When we moved to Montreal in '85, uh, it was mainly hardcore. Hardcore was really big, and uh, when where we rehearsed were bands like uh, Scum, uh, The Unruled, um, Fair Warning. Countdown Zero. So we got a lot of ideas from these guys through the walls. As well. So it w- it's when the crossover happened and um, metal dudes became more punk and vice versa. Um, and uh, so, but it took kind of, it took a bit of a while before um, bands from Quebec uh, made it internationally. Probably in the early 90s is where I started to see um, shirts from uh, bands from Quebec around the globe. Yeah? Yeah. We're very, very lucky that um, the scene that we had, that Prague scene, this is a part of Felix's answer, is that a lot of musicians in your era went to the CJAPs to see all the Prague bands play. Because they would tour here, and they were massive here. Yes, and Genesis. They would come and be way more successful in Quebec than most other places in the world. Uh, not only that, but when I was in uh, high school and uh, college, um, um, I got to see um, Quebec bands that were uh, they were playing very good prog rock. Uh, Manège, uh, Slush, Morse Code, Octob. It was amazing. And uh, so they had a, not only did the people in Quebec love uh, UK Prague, but there was a huge Quebecois Prague scene. That's super sick. Yeah, and uh, very, very good musicians. Uh, I think it's fucking awesome. There there is a label um, called Prague Quebec. I buy everything they put out. It's all reissues from way back. uh, Hell yeah. yeah. Go check it out, people, if you want the old school Prague Quebec going on. I think that's fucking awesome. Well, thank you for, for doing, like, you know, starting a band and being successful and showing other Quebecois bands that it's possible. I think that a big part of the reason why a lot of us
us keep trying to do it early on is because we all saw you guys do it, and you made it seem realistic. Yes, there's a lot of work that went into it. Obviously, <laughs> it was a long roller coaster ride. And actually, um, it, it uh, for, at first, you know, um, I was uh, I, I didn't know if it was possible. I remember seeing Anvil opening for Iron Maiden for the Number of the Beast tour at a Coliseum in Quebec, and I remember thinking, uh, not only we will have, I'll never be in a band big enough to be like Iron Maiden, I'll never be in a band big enough to be Anvil open, yeah. So and um, so, but we uh, Warren Payne came out. I was I didn't dare quitting university until uh, the first album came out, and then it had a very good impact, and uh, that's really where I started to to think, okay, maybe Let's I can take a chance. maybe I can do it professionally. So I quit school and went for it, you know. But uh, it was a lot of work, uh, and at times people were telling me that I was crazy to keep on keeping on, <laughs> and. Uh, but now we have a great momentum, uh, more popular than ever. So I was not crazy in the end. No, no, that. you did the right thing. You did the right thing away. So this is something that I think about a lot, and I analyze for myself in my career. This this concept, this idea of making it, and and you bringing up that anvil thing and seeing like I'll never be there, because in your mind at that time, I imagine like. Had you had played that show and be there, you had made it, let's say. There's always the fallacy of we're going to get signed and now we've made it. Yeah, well. But what is making it? I think it's a very personal, subjective thing. So for yourself, at what point did you ever imagine? Are you satisfied? Have you said you've made it, let's say? Well, I learned to... It's, it's, it is really an illusion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I'm still know, chasing it for some uh, stupid reason. Be, uh, like, uh, like when uh, we did Nothing Face and we had the Astronomy Domine yeah. on a lot of airplay, yeah. did a tour with Fate No More and Soundgarden, then a tour with Rush, and I thought, yeah, we made it. And then Angerat came out, it didn't sell at all. And then, uh, and then we had to start over again. But it's really what I learned. You, 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 like, you really an album it doesn't sell you write a new one we try to make it better and uh, so uh, so we and then we uh, we went back to the indie style with Eric Forrest as a trio and then with Jason Newsted uh, jumping in the band in the early 2000 the spotlight was on us again because he was also playing with Ozzy and we were opening for Ozzy so it's another period where I thought we made it you know but then unfortunately uh, Piggy passed away and then um, took a break. It really took um, Heavy Montreal in 2008 before... To bring you guys yeah, back. Yeah, because for like three years uh, Jason, Snake and I were on a mission to finish uh, uh, Infini and uh, 14. The uh, two albums we had started before Piggy's departure. Jason loves you guys. I hosted the after parties for the live stream you did and having him in the Zoom... And everyone, watching everyone's face whenever he would speak, I would see all the little squares on my side because I was hosting it. 
people were very stoked. Yeah, he's really great. He, he's so hyper, that he guy. He loves you so much. Uh, he's always been, like, um, really supportive. Uh, he, We've met him in the 80s, and um, uh, Piggy and, uh, and I did a lot of recordings with him in the 90s um, under the name Tarrat, T-A-R-T-R-A-T. And it was never released, but it was a fun thing. And uh, so uh, a great friend. So when uh, Snake came back in in the early 2000s, uh, it made sense for me to phone him, you know, to, uh, and it was very strange because I phoned him in mid-January uh, of uh, 2001, and uh, to to see if he could uh, be uh, uh, to play bass on the the album we wanted to write, and um, he uh, he told me, "How did you know?" I said, "What?" He said, "I just left Metallica." Oh shit! Yeah, it was just timing. I had no idea. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. and he got really excited and ended up joining the band. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah. Timing. Yeah. Very strange. Unbelievable. Yeah. I think that's fucking mm. awesome. Um, something else is uh, that you did very cool. Something that I'm very close to because I have young children. I, I work as an early childhood educator when I'm not doing death metal or drinking beers and asking people questions, having nice conversations with friends. Uh, you released a children's book, and I have it at my house, and I read it to my kids, and it's called. Voivod le thrash metal expliqué aux enfants, and it was written by Pierre Girard. So it's basically thrash metal explained to children. Talk to me about this project, and then watching like your iconic art being um, made for children, like d not dumbed down, but let's say. In infantilized, let's say. It's um, actually it's, um, they, they they sent me uh, the first uh, draft, you know, and I was blown away immediately. I, I liked the the art of Pierre because I saw his art on the window of the um, vinyl store, the Knockout in Quebec City. Really? And okay. I, yeah, and I really he, he had uh, he had drawn Voivod and a whole uh, really? but, uh, okay. and um, so I like I love this art. And I was really happy with the project, and it's really funny because um, there are kids now in Voivod and it's, it's we, uh, awesome. We 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 uh, in Trois Rivières, we saw a kid. He was about three or two and a half, and he had the book. And he was a, a bit taken aback because we were real people, and he thought we were cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Chewie's hair. I'm not sure it's human. We'll see. <laughs> it's a great thing, you know. Uh, uh, I love it. It's uh, it's really popular. Actually. I think it's very special and very unique and. It's cool. It's, it's like yeah. an interesting, very yeah. cool thing that the, the crossover of my two lives and you guys doing that, I think it's awesome. It's new for us, you know, to sign uh, kids' books yeah. for kids. Awesome. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, something that I love to ask musicians that have succeeded and, and, and done basically everything. You've won a Juno. Uh, you, you, you've opened for Ozzy. You've toured all over the world. You've played all the major festivals. But as we started this off, you mentioned that you're writing a new album. Why do you keep going? What keeps you motivated? I don't know why I, dedica <laughs> I dedicated my uh, 40 years uh, to Voivod. I, but the one thing is I really, really love to travel. Oh, okay. I love it. I love to travel, play Voivod music in front of uh, old friends, new friends. And uh, now there are many generations of people coming to the show. So the, the clubs are yeah, packed. Like the you know? 
father, yeah. the, the son. Yeah. And my, my favorite part is after the, the day in every city, I do one drawing that's that so I cool. post online, and it's my impression of the day. It's my favorite part. And that's my, my next book, actually, is The Road Art. Uh, that that's I a great do. idea. Yeah. 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 So I think every time we stop, uh, I went back to uh, reforming Voivod because I wanted to travel. And it was really hard uh, f uh, during the pandemic. So we started with uh, doing online shows. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, playing tra classic albums. Exactly. And, and then we did some shows in the province of Quebec where everybody was two meters apart. We all had a mask on. and. So uh, that, uh, and slowly but surely, um, we uh, started to tour uh, internationally uh, last year, and uh, it's you, were, been, you were back home. It's been really, really, really hectic, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, you're only in Voivod for the free plane tickets. I, <laughs> the plane tickets are not free these days. <laughs> it's actually the bad surprise we had uh, post-pandemic was yeah. the cost of the plane tickets, hotels, tour bus, crew through the roof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard uh, to. It's really hard to make it. And uh, you got you to uh, buy merch, people. Yeah. <laughs> The merch is really saving us. Yeah, uh, yeah totally. And, uh, you yeah. gotta buy merch, people. Um, 2024 is gonna be a big year. You're writing a new album. Maybe it will come out then. I don't know how fast you guys work, but there is a book in the works, and there's a movie. Talk to me about both of these. Are they the history of Voivod? What's going on here? Yeah, the the book uh, is by uh, Jeff Wagner, uh, very versed in metal and progressive rock, and um, it's called uh, Always Moving, uh, the Strange multiverse of Voivod. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this should be out in the spring. Yeah. Uh, the movie is by uh, Felipe Belalcazar, who did the Death by Metal uh, movie. Uh, and uh, this um, is, uh, like, I think uh, Felipe said uh, the a version could be available for the summer fest uh, next year. Nice. So in the summer. So, so basically, people can go to Vakken, hypothetically, yeah, yeah. go to hell Fest, hypothetically, and there will be premieres of the movie. I saw the the last draft. It's re it's really where I I realized the, my career was really eventful. <laughs> it's like Forty years nonstop. Sometimes uh, you forget yeah. some stuff, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, not, right now they're doing animation with my art. That's too, so cool. And, uh, so I think uh, in the summer should uh, should be done. It was a uh, it was really slowed down by the pandemic as well because Felipe could not travel for interviews and so um, we uh, we wanted the book and the movie to come out this year for the 40th anniversary. But sometimes uh, you just yeah. have to you, you got to take a breath and just say 41 years is good too. At least we had we uh, we had the Margaret Tales album uh, this yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. You guys don't stop. You're very impressive. Hey, when uh, when we um, it was in uh, March 20 uh, uh, March 19 2020 I think when everything stopped for everybody and we check in, into uh, we check into our bank <laughs> and we had um, the recordings of uh, Montreal Jazz Fest in 2019 and also um, uh, Quebec City Summerfest and so we released vinyl. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 well, we we just did a bunch of releases uh, Ultraman uh, cover and so we, we never really stopped and uh, also we were forced to write an album while socially distancing 
So we learned to sync up on the Logic Pro. And uh, so um, while we could not meet in a studio uh, because of restrictions, we were still writing music. But and remotely. Uh, and now we can do that because of that technique we, uh, we learned. We can do that in the tour bus, in the hotel rooms. Um, so right now, uh, everybody's at home, uh, taking it easy for a short while. But we are like sharing files. I program a lot of drums for the demos. And so we, uh, we keep moving, you know? It's Always very, moving. very, very impressive because a lot of bands go home and they're spent and they need to just take time and recharge. So good for you to keep working and pushing and bringing Voivod to the higher and higher level. We, we have a great, great chemistry and uh, we want to uh, use it for as long as we can and as much as we can and uh, things are going great. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're going to switch beers. We're moving on to Jackal Hop. This is the fourth out of the five pit culture beers that just dropped. This is called Headbang. It's a New England pale ale that they hopped with Idaho 7 and Idaho Gem. I gotta say that all the hops that went into this beer were provided by Yakima Chief Hops. Uh, they sponsored this project. Shout out to Luc Beaulieu. Make some noise for Luc. It's like light and juicy. Cuts the bitterness from the last one right in half. Uh, at this point, let's talk about collabs. Right there, exactly at this point, I like making beer collabs. You have made beer collabs, but it's not your thing. If you could make a collab, what would be the perfect away collab? Something that really represents your identity, something that really represents you. If you could collab with any company in the world, what would it be? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what about here? <laughs> like, uh, do they like do they uh, produce beer at Mutoid? Oh hell yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. maybe I c we can do a collab with Mutoid. There you go, JM. You want a Voivod beer? <laughs> it has been done. <laughs> Alex is in. We're good. Uh, that'd be cool. But what, something even more like to yourself, like like a, like a do you draw with crayons for real? Do you do you do procreate? Where, 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 how do you draw? Oh, I have. Uh, at first, at first, I did um, acrylic paintings, you know. But I was studying in science, and I had no idea. So I had to switch. Eventually, I had to switch to uh, digital in the mid '80s. Yeah, we're Commodore Amiga. First, I got I started with uh, Apple II, and then I bought a Commodore uh, Amiga, and I did uh, the videos for the Dimension Atlas albums and um, Nothing Face Cover. And uh, now I'm I replace. Eventually, I replaced Photoshop with Procreate and an iPad, a digital pen. You know, but it would just it would take me so long to do one painting I switched to digital and uh, people um, people were telling me it was not art because it was digital back then you know uh, and uh, now of course everyone does that yeah and, of, <laughs> and, and uh, um, these days I'm um, getting a lot of help from AI and of course nice. people will tell me that that is not art yeah, yeah. but I feed the AI with my art it's, oh, that's uh, yeah, interesting so, uh, yeah so uh, I, 
it's oh, that's it's, really cool. Actually, it's really yeah. fascinating yeah. to uh, to to see the interpret interpretation of the AI of my art, especially if you type the word dystopian or something. Yeah. And, uh, the vision of dystopia from an AI machine. Uh, at first, I was really jealous because <laughs> it was amazing. You know, yeah. uh, so now I'm getting help uh, from AI for videos and uh, oh, that's art cool. And, Good for uh, you. Uh, Use the, the technology to your advantage. I have to. Uh, people complain a lot, but uh, like uh, for the last two or three videos, we've been using AI, and it would take me about 3,000 years oh, to yeah. do that. You know, it's uh, really insane. It's unbelievable. So uh, it's there. While it's there, we're using it. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hobsons? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. At this point, I would open up the floor to a Q&A. Uh, anyone have some questions that they would like to ask away? Step up to the mic, talk into the mic. As usual, the first one up is uh, Philippe from the Der Vitesse, from the Whispers from the Void podcast. Yeah, so my question is, like, you mentioned comic books. Have you ever thought about doing it for the Voivod? Universe? Yes. Um, I've been thinking about doing a comic. I've been asked to do a, a Voivod comic book many, many, many times, but I've been so busy being a rock and roll drummer on the road. It's really hard. It's a lot of work. Uh, during the pandemic, I did a comic book that I put online uh, for sale online. It's called uh, uh, Tales from the Net. It's really like uh, strange stories I gather over decades. I put it into a book. And um, uh, But a Voivod comic book is a great idea. But I I'll have to think about... Um, um, retirement project type of scenario because it's a lot of work. That yeah. could be interesting because, like you mentioned, comic books. You mentioned like sci-fi and all. And I was thinking about Coed and Cambria. That that's what they do. Like all their music is based on the comic book of the singer. So maybe you could do something like this for the Voivod universe. Like maybe like you you use an album that you did and just describe the story about it. That could be interesting. Yeah, I'd love to do it eventually to do the the Voivod concept. At least the there were seven chapters and uh, the so uh, the first five albums and then Phobos in the 90s and then there there is a last album that it was a final chapter. We were supposed to record it with Steve Albini, but we only demoed it and uh, it's uh, and um, uh, so this was supposed to be the final chapter of the story. And so hopefully someday I can do something about it, but. 
It's just that ever since we reformed in 2008, it just seems like we're touring more and more and more and more. So right now, I'm trying to wrap up the book about the road art that I do. Yeah, and uh, so, and, but I know that in February, uh, things are going to start over again for us. You know, we have, yeah, we have, yeah, uh, we have two shows in uh, Joliet and Saint-Hyacinthe uh, in February, but then right after, we go around the world again. Yeah. That could be interesting. I would be the first to buy it if you do it. It might be computer generated uh, with an iPad and a digital That's pen. good. <laughs> That's good. I mean, like, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of AI, but I understand why people use it. But I, um, I don't mean that I would use AI for it, but I would definitely do it, do it on my iPad with a digital yeah. pen. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's Because, great. Uh, again, you know, uh, I love to draw ink uh, yeah. on the road. Um, I uh, take the, the, the notepad from the hotel room and the pen from the hotel room oh. to, do, yeah, to do like drawings. Uh, sometimes, it, yeah, sometimes it's blue. Uh, I, I love it, you know. Uh, so I will never stop doing that. But if I have to do something for Voiva that's going to end up on a, in a layout, or in, uh, I do it with a, a Procreate and a digital pen, yeah. And I, uh, I wish I would be more um, versed into uh, acrylic or oil painting. Yeah. That when I uh, when I sent the Warren paint cover to Metal Blade in '84, um, they were really nervous because the drummer was doing the painting. You know? <laughs> But, uh, I had done one painting for my grandmother in high school, and that was it. Yeah, it, was a, it was a bold move. Wow. But I really wanted to represent the music. Music and the lyrics, you know. So, uh, so, uh, and also, I had in mind the uh, the event where uh, when I first came into the store and I saw the Iron Maiden cover. It's what I had in mind. Uh, it has to attract the eye of the kid, and it has to represent the music when you put the needle on. Yeah, know, and the lyrics. Yeah, that that's very good. Well, thank you, thank you for your time. You're the best drummer, honestly. I fucking <laughs> well, love you. you. <laughs> thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs> So yeah, I, I just like after touring with all these guys like Rush and Ozzy and everything like that. Was there a moment for you where you had a, a, a like a starstruck moment with someone you met, and how was it? Did you expect the person to react like they reacted to you, or were, were they sweet? Were they an asshole or whatever? Yeah, it's uh, this. Uh, it's I was lucky. I was lucky because uh, when we I met um, the uh, when we toured with Rush, uh, the boat management uh, organized a, a meeting with the two bands. They were so nice, but we were pretty silent. Yeah, we didn't say much. I didn't know what to tell the drummer Neil Peart. You know, uh, he was a hero of mine. Uh, so, but they were super nice, which is great. And then, uh, but uh, once I was really uh, starstruck. It's Uh, my favorite band is called Van der Graaf Generator, and it's a progressive rock band from uh, UK. And uh, five or six years ago, I was asked to go and pick up the Visionary Award of uh, Prague Magazine in London, and he was there. And he was talking to me in French, and he was a super nice guy. And I was really starstruck um, that time as well, so that's the, the two time. Uh, I met the drummer from Magma, uh, Christian Vander, another hero of mine, super nice guy. Uh, so, so far, so good. You know, it's great. To, and 
and we, we ended up opening for all of our heroes, uh, Judas Priest, Dio, Motorhead, Iron Maiden. Everybody was nothing but polite to us. So um, I didn't, there, there was, there's a band I really like uh, called Lucifer's Friend. And um, they're older band from UK, from the 70s. And we played uh, Sweden Rock with them. They had the backstage uh, right next door to us. So I saw their name and I went into the tent and I said, hey, I'm a big fan. And they looked at me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very, very mean, you know, and I, I just backed like, like, you know, like when Homer Simpson's backed in the... the, the <laughs> and, but, you know, it could have been a, a bad moment where uh, they, had, they had a fight before or I don't know, you know. So, but it's something that I won't do again because of that. Uh, I will never barge into a backstage. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for being here. It's great. It's really cool to have you here. Thank you for doing this with all of us. Thank you. <laughs> And uh, you mentioned so many bands throughout the interview, and uh, and you accomplished so many things musically that I was just wondering, when you're not on tour, when you're just at home, or when you're driving, or just chilling, what's on your playlist? What you are listening to? And uh, is there any band that you still listen to that still gives you the chills? It still makes you feel that energy like when you first listened to them? Oh, uh, yes. I mean, I'm very old school, so quite often if I uh, uh, buy a new album, it will be the new album from Heroes of Mine. And some of these heroes uh, still release amazing music, like uh, Judas Priest or Magma, Vandergraaf, you know, uh, PIL, and you know. Uh, so um, I usually like uh, uh, buy the new album from uh, older bands, but while touring, uh, sometimes my mind will be blown by a band that I will see on stage. And the one that really blew me away the last couple of years was uh, Gojira. Uh, every time I see them, I'm totally blown away. Yeah. So, so I only basically have access to newer music uh, while playing festivals, which is great. You know, I make sure I, I make sure to uh, to go from one stage to the other and watch what's going on. You know. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Hell yes. Thank you all for being here. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up. One last beer to present. This is Lira needs tries. This beer, I like, it's called Breakdown. I'm surprised it took this long in the pit culture project for someone to pick that name, but I'm happy they did. This is a West Coast IPA, 6.2%. Cheers, everyone. See, different, more smooth, more, um, almost crisp at the end. Very, very cool. Classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. Uh, it probably doesn't happen to you very often because uh, you don't uh, enjoy craft beer the way I do, but every once in a while, especially in Belgium, if you're playing a show and you're halfway through the set and you're like, what the hell did they give me? And you look down, it might happen to you. And hypothetically, Snake might be better at answering this question. <laughs> what is your hangover cure? Oh, I think uh, uh, Putin, I think. <laughs> hell fucking yes. <laughs> Everyone here, five anniversary party at Mutaid. Make some fucking noise. 
for Away from Voivod. Thank you so much for all being here. What a way to celebrate five years. I appreciate you all. Thank you so fucking much. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an awesome, awesome conversation. What a night. The five-year anniversary party at Mutaid for Vox and Hops. What a pleasure. Um, sadly, Snake from Voivod was unable to be with us. He had car troubles and uh, was just physically incapable of coming to the party, sadly. I will hang out with Snake one day. He is one of those guests that I've always wanted to have, such as Away. Uh, what a pleasure it was to hang out with Away. He was just so generous uh, with his time, with uh, the way that he answered his questions. He is such an influential artist, uh, both drummer and as a visual artist. What a wonderful human. Just super interesting the way that he approaches creating stuff, always thinking from a different perspective, always trying to do something a little bit different. I find that truly inspiring and I cannot wait to see that brand new book that he's putting together of all of his illustrations that he's been drawing on the road. I think that's super cool. Massive thanks to Away and the rest of the Voivod camp uh, for just being awesome and uh, being a part of this awesome thing that I've done for the past five years called Vox and Hops. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Middle Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Middle Podcast. You get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public. You will also get to find out what's going on in the world of Cryptopsy and with Asgamora Burns dropping just last month. We have a lot of stuff going on, so if you want to be up to date in that, sign up to the mailing list. The mailing list also includes all the details of all the albums that the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently, and you will get to see which albums Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops' Metal Architect, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. There's always a lot of stuff going on in the world of the Vox and Hoss Metal podcast, so please do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list because I hate when you miss a single thing. The Vox and Hoss Metal podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcast. I hope you have a killer rest of the week. I will be back next week on Tuesday with another episode, a very cool episode, which I recorded on the Carnival of Death tour uh, when we swung through Roseville. It is a crossover episode with the Cali Death podcast. That's right. Very cool metal podcast that I like very, very much much get ready everyone that's coming up next week but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops heads hey there i am johnny christ from avenge sevenfold and i've got a podcast called drinks with johnny you're gonna want to check out i sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life from professional wrestlers to actors comedians fighters musicians everything in between i'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it so if that sounds like something you're into go check out drinks with johnny streaming everywhere now